Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming. Host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic They make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year. And each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Karen V. Johnson is the author of Living Grieving, Using Energy Medicine to Alchemize Grief and Loss. 
Karen is a graduate of Georgetown Law Center, a former Fulbright scholar in Afghanistan, and holds master's degrees in public health and public and international affairs, MPH, MPIA. Karen is a retired federal administrative law judge who practiced criminal and energy law for more than 30 years. She is also a former U.S. Army officer, major, USAR, inactive. Karen was personally trained by Alberto and is faculty at the Four Winds Society and a master practitioner of energy medicine. She has trained extensively in the techniques of illumination, soul retrieval, extractions of energies and entities, divination and death rites. Living Grieving, Using Energy Medicine to Alchemize Grief and Loss is her first book. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Karen, you wrote so beautifully and it's such a sort of a gut punch as a reader to read what happened with your son, Ben, and his overdose and you're finding out about it when you were in Silk. Sil- I mean, your story, oh my gosh. And yet you've turned it into a gift for everybody else to help them get through whatever grief they have to get through. Tell me a little bit about what happened, how you've decided to write this book and, and all the sort of modalities you want to introduce the rest of us to. Sure. Yeah. So gosh, I, I think I was pretty much unconscious, you know, going along, living my life. And I knew that my son was struggling, but you know, so many young men are and young women. Right. And so he wasn't an addict, but he did went to a party and got drunk and they decided they were going to try heroin and they gave him too much. He's a big guy, six, eight, Six, eight, uh, wow. six, and like 275 pounds, whatever. So they gave him a lot and he died almost instantly. And he and I were really super close. And I had decided when I, I was going on vacation, when I got from vacation, we're going to sit down and have this talk. He was super smart, but didn't want to go to college and wanted to have his own business and, you know, so many things. And, and so I decided we needed to talk because he'd seemed like he was struggling. And so I get this call in South Korea and you know, I don't usually pick up calls. I don't know, but I had been feeling terrible all afternoon. And so I called right back and the person that picked up was a detective. And I said, she said, are you Karen Johnson? Are you Ben's mother? I'm like, yes, what's happened? And I said, is he okay? And he said, where are you? And I said, I'm in South Korea. What's going on? And he said, I'm sorry to tell you, but he's deceased. He died. And I'm like, from what? A heroin overdose. Oh, so, you know, my whole world fell apart, you know, and, and so it took me about 24 hours to get back to the U.S. And while I was, I couldn't even, so I got the call at night in Korea, which is daytime there, and I couldn't get a flight out until the next morning. And so on the phone all night with family and friends and gosh, it was just, it was just, I don't even know how to express it life ending, life changing. And so I went to the airport the next morning to get on a flight and was sitting waiting and he shows up in front of me, just like his big self, you know, smiling, happy, and then he fades away. So I had no context for this. Uh, I wasn't a spiritual person whatsoever. And so I called my ex-husband and said, you got to go to the Emmy. I think he's alive. I think he's trying to get out. I think he he came to me and I think he's alive. And so he called the Emmy and the Emmy looked and said, I'm sorry, but he he's, he's gone. He's not alive. And so because sometimes death is a doorway. Death was a doorway for me into a spiritual life and actually finding out that there is more on the other side. So we don't just die. We don't just disappear. 
they're there. They're right there on the other side. And so that started this beginning of me becoming clairaudient, clairsentient, and beginning to see deceased people on the other side. And, and of course, my son, Ben, who stayed with me for really one-on-one, stayed with me for a really long time because I was in a really bad place. And I think a lot of parents can really relate to this because either they if you've lost a child, you know how it is. And if you are watching your child go through addiction or illnesses, you know, it's like a little death every day. And so, you know, so here we are trying to figure out what do we do with our grief? How do we deal with this? And I did the unexpected. So grieving people are sort of like divorced people. We don't deal well with them in our society, right? We sort of want to avoid it. So we know that there are life-changing events in society. We know marriage and parenthood and we celebrate. It's wonderful. Death is also life-changing. And it has a lot of energy that we can tap into, but we don't want to talk about that, right? We want to we want to kind of stay away. And I tell people it's time to move on. It's time to get over it. It's time. I don't know whose time this is, but for me, that time frame didn't work. So I did the unexpected and unimaginable. I sold all my household goods and my car, and I I ended up traveling the world for two and a half years talking to spiritual leaders all over about grief and death and dying and what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to go on? And I thought, well, I'll just write a blog, a travel blog, right? So meeting with shamans in Africa and Sufi masters in India and all over. And, but it ended up to be so much more. And along the way, I found a shamanic practice with the four winds and Alberto Viotto. And it was a beautiful spiritual practice. And The book turned into, or the blog turned into a book, and the book has 16 practices in it to help people to come from this stuck place of grieving so intensely to becoming lighter, and then eventually creating a new life out of the old one, out of the ashes of the old one that honors our loved one. So we always want to be honoring our loved one. And so everybody's stuck somewhere differently. Sometimes it's in judgment. One of the practices is non-judgment. And so Ram Dass so beautifully has this <clears throat> saying that I love that you go out into the woods and you look at trees and they're all different. One is twisted this way, one's that way, one's high, one's low, one's green, one's not. And we don't judge them. But when it comes to ourselves and to other people, our judging mind come in, comes in. And so this practice is a way to look at who are you judging and who's judging you and how might me do that you might say so we want to get out of our everyday mind fighting fear everything that's in that everyday reptilian sort of brain and we want to move up to our neocortex this is the place of ceremony and so what i want people to do is sit in ceremony quietly with a candle Anything else that means quiet and serenity, uh, maybe sage or however you want to do it, but and have a piece of paper or a lot, you know, a little notebook and pen and paper, a little pie pan to hold your candle. And we're going to release our prayers and release our judgment, release our suffering into the flame and let it go to to God, the universe, how whatever your religious aspect is. And We're going to do this in a very ceremonial way where it can move 
like a wind blowing feathers in the breeze, as opposed to trying to drag along at the physical level. So there's lots of books that talk about the things you need to do. You need to go out on a date, or you need to go to a movie, or you need to do this, and this is how you do it. That's all in this physical realm, and it's very hard. And so many people tell me, I'm not ready. I can't. And I understand that. I couldn't either. So my book is sort of a precursor to that. Let's find out where we're stuck first. Let's release and release and release all the things we're holding, stories even. I should have done this. I should have done that. How many people say, I should have made them go to the doctor. I shouldn't have gone to Korea. I should have done, right? So we get all of this in our heads when we put it into down, write it down in paper with the intention of releasing it, letting spirit have that and opening our hearts to new ways of seeing things, we can find that release. We can move on. And not that pain is ever going to go away. I always tell people, I don't have that magic wand. I wish I did. I could tap, tap you in the head and it wouldn't be painful anymore. But pain is the price of love. And so the pain stays with it, but the ruminating and the fear and the anxiety and the judgment we can release. So what we're left is just missing them instead of beating ourselves up. Wow. The fact that you have provided this path, this path through what seems like an impossible journey to get through is, is so amazing. Can you tell me a little more about the spiritual, like how, how you've made sense of connecting with the other side, essentially, and how how we all can do that. I think anyone who has lost someone suddenly realizes that there is more and they see signs or they they believe when they thought they would never believe. But once a piece of your heart has has been sort of carved out of you and gone elsewhere, people mm. quickly say, oh, wait, maybe there is. Maybe I feel it now. So can you give more specifics even of of how you see that how you how you view that and how you understand now Ben's appearance to you back then yeah so people always ask this and say I wish I were like you I wish I could see my loved one and talk to them and speak with them and so what I like to say is sometimes we have it's a process so we all have been raised with this concept that only the facts right our left brain keeps us safe you know, whatever we can see, sense, hear, touch, real, don't rely on your intuition because that will just lead you astray. Now, you know, just go with your brain. So it's that process of opening up and saying, maybe there is more. And it's, I always call it that frankly freaky discussion that people like us, the ones who are survivors, know that we can sense, feel our loved ones around us. And what do we make of that? Sometimes we don't even want to tell our friends and relatives because they're going to say, oh, she's gone over the edge, right? So there's there's no win in grieving. If you don't grieve long enough by somebody's standards, they'll say, oh, she doesn't, doesn't seem to affect her much. And if you grieve too much, then it's that DSM, right? That's diagnostic and statistical manual. You need medication. So, you know, we're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. And what I like to tell people is, you know, tune into yourself. There's no time. We can't tell people how long it is that they're going to grieve or how they're going to grieve. The only person that knows this is us. And if you know that you're on a journey, 
then you can kind of say, okay, I'm in a journey. I'm on my own journey. And part of this journey is going to be opening up to the other side, to not seeing death as this completely horrifying, terrifying experience, but part of life and a transition from one state of being to the other. And as we allow ourselves to relax a little bit, we begin to sense more, see more. And somebody said to me once, I know that my loved ones around when the wind chime, chimes and there's no wind, right? And so it's those little subtle things. You may not hear their voice or see them physically, but you just may be a touch on your cheek or a wind chime going or a butterfly or something that they loved or something with their name on pops up. So we begin to look for synchronicities and open up to that. Then we can get in touch with them much easier. And as we do that, as we begin to heal ourselves, we kind of let go of their kite strings a little bit. So we don't want to keep them stuck from all the beautiful things they do on the other side, which Ben tells me all the time, this is not eternal slumber over here, mom. I am really busy. I'm working with Ascended Masters. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm doing this and that. And so we want to heal ourselves and become unstuck from our grief so that they too can go a little higher, so they can do more of what they what, what that's possible to do on the other side. Wait, wait, let's go back to what Ben, the reports from Ben here. Okay, what what can we expect on the other side? What's he doing? Do they have days, like, are there days filled with activity? Like, tell me, what, what do you know that the rest of us don't know? I want to know that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> okay, so Ben came to me and stayed with me for a really long time. And so in the beginning, he he found friends, right? Some other younger people that crossed over and he seemed to have friends that he would travel with. And so they had a good time kind of zooming all over the earth and visiting wherever they wanted to visit. And sometimes I went on vacation to Costa Rica and I was ziplining and 
and I wasn't going to zip line. And all of a sudden I had this thought, I just really have to do this. And I knew that Ben was with me. He was kind of doing, and all of a sudden I'm upside down and doing these tricks. And I'm like, Ben, please. I'm like 65. Don't kill me here. (laughs) So in the beginning, I think it was that excitement of, oh my God, I'm so free. I'm free of this body. I'm free of this. I can go anywhere and do anything. And then later it seemed to be that he was in pods of learning with ascended masters. So one time, so one time, as always, you know, it's death day and birthdays that are really hard for people. And so I'm, it was a death day. And I said, Oh, this is so sad, Ben, I really need you to come visit me. And he shows up and he says, Mom, quit ringing my doorbell. You know, I'm fine. And I'm in the Jesus pot and we weren't particularly religious and he's not like anything in the Bible, but I'm in this pot and we're learning. And, and so don't ring my doorbell. You're fine. You're fine. And don't, he's like, and he actually said, you're kind of being a bummer about this. You know, this whole sadness thing where you're going over the top when you know very well that I'm perfectly fine and happy. So that was another sort of instruction to me that maybe we kind of are looking at this in the wrong way. Maybe we're kind of being a bummer. We've been so socialized and conditioned to seeing death as sad and morbid and and holidays and it's all sad and morbid. And first thing you know, nobody wants to talk about it or I don't want to talk about it. You don't want, what if it, what if we're seeing it wrong? What if it's a, could be a celebration? What if it could be bring them into the party instead of this over the top sadness and despair and hopelessness? And so Lots of lots of good information from Ben about as only I think sometimes only a 27-year-old guy can can tell his mom, like, mom, you need to, you need to knock it off. <laughs> Quit ringing my doorbell, right? So and and so I think maybe we need to hear that. Wow. Oh my goodness. You know, you you wrote about Ben's struggles sort of on earth, right? Before he passed away and how he he kind of never felt at peace with his body, that he had his spine that required surgery, his feet, his that he might may actually have had this other diagnosis that you found out after he passed away. Right. And he just like never felt like he fit in. Do you feel like the peace you feel at his passing is related to him feeling like he has found a spot for himself or he doesn't know he doesn't have to deal with his body or is there anything related to that? Or maybe I'm just being crazy. You know? Oh, I think, I think that's exactly right. I think, and I think any, anybody who has physical issues, a friend of mine has a son that was in so much pain and on pain all his life from that. He actually committed suicide, but on the other side, free and happy. And so I think sometimes you know, the physical body, the emotional body, all the things that are happening and fitting into society. And young people are trying to understand this world that's gone so crazy environmentally and in every which way. And so they're free of this. And I think I, if I could say about Ben, he's so much happier now than he when he was in Earth. He just never fit. He would I'd try to send him to camp and he wanted to stay home. He's like, Mom, no, and I said, you got to, you know, go to school and you've got to, you know, succeed and you've got all these things you've got to do. And he said, I'm not going to be here that long, mom. And this is when he was eight or nine. And I'd say, no, don't be silly. Of course you are. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that. But I think he always knew something I didn't know that he came into this lifetime to cure this karmic situation and to, to learn and grow and to leave. And maybe 
help me to become a spiritual person. Maybe open the doorway for me and for my daughter and our family and all those that I can touch with this book that I can help become unstuck, that they too can change their perception and and find their lives again, these lives that are so precious. One thing that death teaches us is how precious life is. And so to get back in touch with life in a way that honors them and free them too to go about what they're doing on the other side. Do people ever tell you like that you're nuts? Like that, that, that oh, yeah. they totally don't believe you and like what is up with this woman and all of that. You must get, I mean, there are skeptics out there. Oh, for sure, all the time. And so I left a very left brain world. So I was a federal administrative law judge and lawyer for many years. And suddenly I find this shaman's path and I my son passes and and I go off around the world. So yeah, people thought I was totally crazy. In fact, people went to my daughter and said, some friends of mine and said, you know, your mother's grieving and she's not in her right mind and she's going to really regret this. I had a lifetime appointment. And my daughter said, well, I think my mother should shake her rattle and release her inner butterfly. Right. It's so beautiful because she's an engineer, very left brain, <laughs> where that came from, but, but totally supportive of me and this journey. And yeah, so, so lots of people think I'm crazy, but it's the funniest thing that people thought I, that I would think of that it, thought that I was the craziest, come to me kind of secretly uh-huh. and say, can you, can you do a session for me? Can you look at this? Can you see, can you look even like my daughter, can you look, I lost uh, my wedding ring. Can you look for that? And so sometimes I can find things, right? So, um, so even the people that are sometimes even those people that are the most critical are the ones that'll come in the back way. Uh-huh. They may not, not want anybody to know that they've come to see me or see a shaman, right? So lots of times shamans are kind of the last resort. When the doctors don't work and the psychologists don't work and the psychiatrists don't work, what's left? So maybe we'll turn to a spiritual person. What What is the technical definition or the technical difference between a shaman and a medium? Oh gosh, yeah. So mediums, I do a lot of mediumship too, and I'm trained as a medium, but mediums deal with getting messages from the other side. And that's sort of their exclusive bailiwick, finding out where the person is or where they went or what they want or answering a question. But shamans do a lot of other things. We work in the energy field, the luminous energy field. And you kind of know that you have it, but you don't think about it. And you notice it's gone when you see someone who's passed. And they don't have that spark of life. They don't have that energy, the electrons, neutrons, everything that's firing and wiring together. And so that's where shamans work. We look for imprints. We help heal past the past, old stories that maybe repeating patterns that are keeping us stuck. We look for entities or energies, dark entities or energies that might have invaded us. We pick up all kinds of things when we go to bars or we go to restaurants there are little things that we pick up and shamans can get rid of those, remove those heavy energies. Souls, as we go through life and are wounded and things happen to us, we lose our soul parts. And the parts that we lose are the healed parts, the healed parts that couldn't take the trauma and go in the Andean mythology to live 
in the underworld and are kept safe there until we're ready to call them back. And um, so bringing those soul parts back and allowing someone to feel whole again is so important and helping people to die. And I do a lot of helping with people to transition and also helping with survivors. I really focused a lot on survivors in my book, but helping, you know, a lot, deal a lot with suicides because a lot of people have been gotten, given this false impression that if you commit suicide, you're going to hell and that there's actually hell. I've never found hell anywhere. But spirits sometimes get stuck in fear and don't want to go to the light, don't want to cross over. So this is a place where Ben and I can help them. Ben will say, hey, come on, I'll show you the way. And I can open up the portal and help them to go. So I know it sounds a little freaky, but it's sort of my world now. <laughs> so if I want a session or something you just book sessions with you and we yeah. like you, you do all of that i can do all that yeah karenjohnson.net is my website and so people can go there and and sign up for a session with me or i have some free things coming up in november and december a prayer ceremony for anybody who's lost someone it's a layered we celebrate the layers of their lives and non-suffering how can we not suffer how can we release our suffering so there's some free things coming up in november and december and uh, i have a five-week class in starting in january we'll go through my book so it's based on the medicine wheel and 16 practices so medicine wheel has four directions and so each week we're going to go through four practices and, and a direction so at the end people can get to that place of 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 rebirth, creating a new life out of the ashes of the old one. All right. Well, I might have to book a session. <laughs> okay, all right. Sounds fantastic. I know. I'm excited. Do you know that Laura Lynn Johnson, who writes about signs, she's an author. Well, I you don't do, know that one. I'll have to look amazing. her up. She uh, she came on my podcast and she sees signs everywhere and and you know is a medium and all that and. Uh, um, I said when I was, she was on the podcast, I was like, well, you know, if anyone just comes in, just let me know, you know, to our little podcast. And she was like, actually, your grandmother very rudely has sort of barged her way in. She's been pestering me all day. And I was like, that does sound like my grandmother. <laughs> anyway, Funny. she told me she had come on a, on a certain day because that day had significance. And I said, no, it really doesn't. And it wasn't until later that day that I realized that my mother had dropped off my grandmother's ashes that morning in my, to my house. So that oh. was... Anyway, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I believe in all of it. I believe in, uh, you know, but then I have people on my podcast too, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, the scientist who says there was nothing there before, there is nothing there after. What do you think of that? Yeah, well, I think that quantum physics, he needs to learn a little more about quantum physics or focus a little more. There's that energy feel, that consciousness, that collective that's there and has always been there and always will be there for us to tap into. So whether you want to call it soul or you want to call it God, or you want to just call it this collective consciousness, quantum physics is uh, supporting what shamans and other he energy healers knew all along, but didn't know what to talk, call it. So I, I, I think that maybe that's old science, new science is supporting other ways of looking at things and including existence. So for people who are missing their loved ones today, what do you say to them? Gosh, know that they're there and 
but know that they know already know that you love them, that you don't need to suffer anymore. You don't need to hold on to prove to them anything or anybody anything, and that your healing will allow them to go and be free and do what they need to do on the other side. So sometimes if you can't heal for yourself, heal for your loved one. Don't we always do that as moms? <laughs> And do for our, ourselves, we'll do for our kids. And so this is one more opportunity to kind of do for your kid. Um, Karen, thank you for sharing your experience with grief, with how to uh, navigate through it and learn more about it than we never thought possible and sharing Ben's story with the rest of us. And, you know, I, I know you have found all all the good and have made this whole life for yourself, but I am sorry for you and him that he's not here, but maybe that's the way it was supposed to be. Or I feel like you've made so much peace with us that I I hate to even say, I'm sorry when this might be the way it was supposed to go. But anyway, thank you for sharing uh, the whole experience and and dedicating your life to helping so many other people. Having me and I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. I'm going to schedule a session. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 